Welcome to this presentation from the Downey Seventh-day Adventist Church. We are located in the greater Los Angeles area at 9820 Lakewood Boulevard in Downey, California. We would love to have you worship with us any Saturday you are in our area. Hello, friends. I hope and pray you are well. Let's begin with prayer. Father in heaven, Lord, today we embark on a new journey and a, a season of, of understanding the Holy Spirit, Lord, especially as we begin our small groups, as we discuss and uh, do a deep dive in this particular topic, Lord. We pray that you will help open our minds and our hearts to be receptive, to be understanding, but also, Lord, may we take this knowledge and apply it to our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. To begin with, I want to share a story. Uh, I believe it, uh, it was in Reader's Digest, I think, um, Dr. Anderson. He tells of a, a story of a, a young pilot who had just passed the point of no return when the weather had changed for the worst. And visibility drops to a matter of feet as the fog descended on the earth. And putting total trust in the cockpit's instruments was a new experience for him. And so, even though the ink was still wet on the certificate verifying that he was qualified for instrument flying, he had that rating, but still, he was nervous. Worst of all, the landing. That's what concerned him the most. In fact, his destination was a crowded metropolitan airport he was not familiar with. And in a few minutes, he would be in radio contact with the tower. But until then, he was alone with his thoughts. His instructor had practically forced him to memorize the rule book, and he didn't care for it at the time, but now he was thankful. Finally, he heard the voice of an air traffic controller. It said, I'm going to hold, put you in a holding pattern, the controller radioed. And so he thought, great. However, he knew that his safe landing was in the hands of this person. He had to draw upon his previous instructions and training and trust the voice of the air traffic controller that he himself, he couldn't even see. Now, aware at this time was, sorry, at this time, there was no time for pride. And so he said, this is not a seasoned pro up here, okay? I'm a, I'd appreciate any help that you could please, please give me. So the air traffic, air, tra air traffic controller responded, you got it, man. So for the next 45 minutes, the controller gently guided the pilot through the blinding fog. And as course and altitude corrections came periodically, the young pilot realized that the controller was guiding him around obstacles and away from potential collisions. With the words of the rulebook firmly placed in his mind, and with the gentle voice of the controller, he landed safely <laughs> at last. Now, when the Holy Spirit guides us through the maze of life, much like that air traffic controller, the air traffic controller assumed that the young pilot understood the instructions of the flight manual, and his guidance was based on that. And such is the case with the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit can guide us if we have a knowledge of God's Word, and His will is established in our minds. Now, when we think of the Holy Spirit, when we even think about God, we, we sometimes think of it, you know, we identify. In fact, dictionary says the identity is the fact of being who or what a person or thing is. So what is, what is the Holy Spirit? Well, for instance, it's uh, one-third of the Trinity. There are three parts, the Father, the Son, 
the Holy Spirit. Now, the first two we can easily identify with. You have the Father. Most of us all at least have a Father. Well, we've all had a Father, but do we have a relationship? Unfortunately, not everyone does. But yet, we, we also uh, know what it's like, uh, for instance, to have, for all of you parents, for those who have boys, some of us, obviously, I know what it's like to be a son. In, in Ephesians 4, 6, it says, One God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. So, God, sometimes is known as the Father. And so, we, when we think of a father, we think of a parental figure, maybe a source of strength. Or if you're at odds, maybe especially in your, your teenage angst, maybe there's uh, signs of friction and, and uh, conflict. But, but ultimately, we, we, we know that uh, dads, they care and they love for their children and want the best for them. In Scripture, we also find that there is God the Son. In fact, one of the most well-known verses, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send the son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. For all of you uh, parents out there, you know what having a son uh, is like. You know what it means. And all the boys, you know what it means to be a boy. But the Holy Spirit, it's a little harder to discern when you say the Holy Spirit to some, that might mean perhaps some mystical being, or even in, in Scripture, sometimes it's referred to as, uh, as a ghost. <laughs> now, when we look through Scripture, though, we see that the work of the Holy Spirit is evident. In fact, even uh, we have our own fundamental belief. Uh, I believe it's number five, actually, where God, the eternal Spirit, was active with the Father and the Son in creation, incarnation, and redemption. He inspired the writers of the scripture. He filled Christ's life with power. He draws and convicts human beings and those who respond. He renews and transforms into the image of God. He was sent by the Father and the Son to be always with his children. He extends spiritual gifts to the church. He empowers it to bear witness to Christ. And in harmony with the scriptures, leads it into all truth. Now, when you go back to scripture, in the Hebrew and in the Greek, the Hebrew word is nefesh, and in Greek, it's pneuma. And both translate as wind or breath. There are brief passages where the Holy Spirit is, sorry, there are a number of passages where the Holy Spirit is located in scripture. For instance, the term Spirit of God is mentioned 28 times in the Old Testament alone. And additionally, as we just indicated it's described as a breath or a wind. Um, you know, when, when you go back to Genesis 1, it indicates that the Holy Spirit helped to create the heavens and the earth. And in, in 2 Peter 1.21, it says the Holy Spirit inspired the writers of the Bible. And even in John 3, verse 8, Jesus himself likened the Holy Spirit to being like the wind. And even in uh, Jesus' baptism, it played a role. The book of Mark points out that the Holy Spirit descended on Jesus like a dove when coming up out of the baptismal waters. And Luke also writes that Jesus left his baptism in the Jordan River full of the Holy Spirit. And in Mark, again, the Holy Spirit sent, uh, Spirit of God then sent and led Jesus into the wilderness. If you 
if you read the book of Acts, as, as we've done the last couple of months, you'll, you'll know that there are so many examples of where the Holy Spirit acted or intervened or came upon the people. In fact, again, you could, you could also call that book the Acts of the Holy Spirit. Now, briefly, just as a kind of a surprise maybe to some of you, the early pioneers of the Adventist church were not in one accord on the, the understanding of the Trinity. In fact, some of our early church pioneers, they rejected the idea of the Trinity. However, as, as time went by, as faithful stewards of, of God's word, they came to the conclusion that the Father and the Son are three in one. Now, next week, we'll talk about that a little bit more in depth. But just as Jesus promised the disciples that the Holy Spirit would lead and guide them, so too do we have the gift and the promise of the Holy Spirit. Now, in our reading uh, for this week for the small group, the author of our small group uh, book points out that there are three things to be mindful of, especially with the Holy Spirit that sometimes can be challenging. So again, he goes back to John 3 when, when Jesus meets Nicodemus, and, and uh, I'll read it again. In John 3, especially verse 8, it says, The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. Now, Seth, the author of our, our small group book, draws a couple of conclusions. In fact, three conclusions. Number one, sometimes the Holy Spirit is at times it's unfamiliar and, and sometimes it's uncontrollable and, and it's unpredictable. Now, as humans, I, I think that we sometimes, we like to have things in control. And, and, and yet with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit does what the Holy Spirit does. We cannot control it, and that perhaps can sometimes be frustrating. And uh, just to kind of draw a little bit of what's, what's the... What's the function of the Holy Spirit? Well, the Holy Spirit is there to lead, to guide, and to convict. This Holy Spirit, can I trust it? Absolutely. Holy Spirit works in our lives to help, again, lead and to guide us. Glenn Newton actually makes this, uh, this illustration where uh, he asks the question of, you have your, your washer that washes the clothes. And what's that middle part in the middle that just moves back and forth and shakes the clothes uh, all around or maybe spins it? It's called the agitator. And what's the purpose of the agitator? Well, it's to agitate the clothes so that it can cause havoc and to get all the dirt off of the clothes. It's there to shake and separate the clothes from all of the grime, perhaps all of the money and everything that might be in or on the clothes. And as, as we accept the Holy Spirit and move into our, as the Holy Spirit moves into our hearts, the Holy Spirit comes in, starts to change and to agitate and move and to, to clean our hearts. There's a lot of things in there. Some, one of the things that could be there is even our own selfish desires, and yet we need to move past our own selfish desires and to desire to what God wants to have in our lives. There's some things that are hard to let go. Things of the world that have a way of just wanting to latch on and not want to let go that can just stay with us. Sometimes it's hard to get that stuff out. Sometimes it seems like, is it ever going to leave? Now, the Holy Spirit does not want us to continue in that life, but to move us forward. So he begins to gently and lovingly, begins to agitate and shake up our lives to convict us of the things that 
needs to, to leave our heart. God wants us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. The only way we can do that is to have a place in our lives where Holy Spirit can come and to reside, to do the work that's needed to get all the junk and all the dirt out of our lives. And then truly can the work of God really impact us and we can go forth and share the good news to be filled with his spirit. And so much like a washing machine, our lives are also like a washing machine. The Holy Spirit constantly moving about within con, uh, uh, convicting us in our hearts and our minds because he loves us so much. Truth is that God wants to be able to fill us with us, fill us up with the Holy Spirit. But it's your choice. It's up to you. Do you want to be led by God? Do you want to give everything and surrender your whole life to God? Everything that happened in the past, that's happening now, and especially the future, do you want to give to God? All of your control, your finances, your habits, especially your family, your friends, everything that is important to you, can you totally surrender to God? I want to encourage you to invite God and especially the Holy Spirit to work in your life. And as we continue to journey in the next month, I hope and pray that this will be a time of understanding and growth and that you'll have a better uh, idea of what the Holy Spirit means to us and to work in your life. May God bless you. Let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord, be with us as we venture forth. Continue to lead and guide us. May we be your people. And Lord, uh, may the Holy Spirit do a wonderful work, not just in our individual lives, but for us as a church to go forth in Downey and wherever we live, wherever we work, to, uh, to be your people, that others may know who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Grace and peace, everyone. Have a great week. Take care. We hope you have been blessed by this message from the Downey Seventh-day Adventist Church. You can find more messages at www.downeychurch.org. God bless.